are going to begin a new six-week series on Psalm 23. And I know what you're immediately thinking. How do you squeeze six weeks out of Psalm 23? Well, we're going to do our best. Uh, It's possibly the most famous of Old Testament passages. It's easy enough for a child to quote, and it's deep enough for theologians to drown in. It's probably the number one most quoted psalm, and uh, definitely the most uh, quoted at a funeral, uh, or in the season of, uh, of death. But what we know is, is that Psalm 23 is really about our life. And it is a reminder that not only do we need God, but also that God is willing to be there for us and with us. Psalm 23 is a confession that I need help, as well as a psalm of confidence that says, I know where my help comes from. Psalm 23 will be something that we will go through together. And I have the English Standard Version on uh, the on the uh, projector, or on the screen. And so I would just ask that we would read this together. The ESV kind of stays true to the King James, but it also freshens it up a little bit so we don't have all the V's and thou's, and and we figure all those things out. And so I felt like this is one that if if we're all going to memorize it together, it's kind of a nice middle ground between uh, those who memorized it uh, in KJV and, uh, and kind of find the middle ground. So that's my ESV uh, reasoning. But anyways, let's start together, and let's have a l- maybe a little faster pace than our for often as we eat this bread. So that's a little poke at you, just anyways. All right, let's begin. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely... Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to encourage you, not just you, but your family, to memorize Psalm 23. And uh, we can treat it camp style. I'll give you points for it, and we can have prizes. Um, Whatever the encouragement we can do, and just even posting reminders for yourself and, and encouragements. We'll, we'll do what we can to say we need this word in our life. I, I think about uh, the state of things and, and how we um, maybe all are feeling. Um, who's ever hit their thumb with a hammer? Okay, after you hit your thumb with a hammer, it kind of sticks with you for a while, right? Every time you touch something, it's like, oh, you know, it just, it hurts, it hurts. And you're, you jam your fingers, playing sports and you jam your finger, you don't realize how much you uh, pick your nose until you jam your finger, right? And it's like, oh man, that hurt. But when you do that, when you have that, something that is hurt, you're, you become very self-aware of that hurt. Very self-aware of the hurt 
uh, hurt thumb or finger or anything like that. And I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when we get hurt personally in our soul, in our hearts, in our minds, that hurt stays with us as well. And maybe I'm making more of things than they are, but I think it's safe to say that the way things feel right now is every one of us have been hurt in some way, shape, or form over the last several months. That there is a hurt over something said or something done, that there is a hurt from the upending of our schedules and our routine, but it feels like there's been one big collective hammer that's sort of come down on our life, and it has done something to our soul. America is, uh, it leads the world in industry. It leads the world in production. And maybe you're thinking, well, maybe that's China. Well, that might be the case. But what we lead the world in is the production of anxiety and fear. We are the number one nation in anxiety and fear production. And the way that that has done damage to our souls and our minds, it is weighing us down and it is hurting us. To the point where it is safe to say that the hurt of our soul is making us to the point where it feels like every time we go and do something, that part that is hurt within us is reminded that there is this gaping sort of wound and suffering. Am I making too much of this, or can you give me a little nod that it's making sense and feeling, feeling real? And so Psalm 23 and the series born out of this was something that uh, my friend Ron and I talked about. And Ron said, I think that we need Psalm 23 for our congregation. And we were on a porch, and we were tossing ideas around, and as soon as he said that, I thought, Ron, I, I think you're exactly right. So Ron and I are writing together. We're encouraging one another. And what that means is, is I write stuff and he steals it. Uh, but uh, Ron is wonderful and he will, he will make me a better writer because I have to send it to a preacher and we'll, we'll talk about it. So that's what that means. We work on it together. I want to get that out there because people, uh, just an integrity thing. Anyways, and also I've been reading a book uh, by Dallas Willard. And it's uh, Life Without Lack. And it's his devotions over Psalm 23. And so a lot of, a lot of things uh, will come out of that. And so if you hear a good idea, it probably came from Dallas Willard. Uh, the hammer thing came out of the opening chapter. And so just know that I'm pouring into the text, but I'm also trying to minister to my own soul. I'm trying to find accountability and friendship as we kind of navigate this series together and say, you know, my heart needs ministered too as well. And so I'm trying to let Willard and Ron Otto, which uh, if you knew the combination, uh, that's quite the combination to minister to your soul, but um, that's more of a joke for my friends who might listen to it later. Um, uh, so for us, as we just minister to one another, I think Psalm 23 can be this reminder to us that God is with us, and he knows that we need help, and he cares deeply for us. And so as we navigate, um, as we navigate through the series and also navigate the, our life together, I just want to simply encourage us that in a world that is filled with anxiety and a world filled with so much pressure and fear, our tendencies, our tendencies lend towards how can we 
make our life more secure? Have you asked this question, how do I keep myself safe? How do I provide for my family? How do I secure my life and my property and my sense of comfort? Have you felt those questions? Have you asked those questions in the midst of the anxiety and the fear? And so Willard, Willard says this. He says, what does Jesus say about your life? Jesus says, if you seek to save your life, you will lose it. But of course, that is what nearly every one of us does especially everyone who lives according to the ordinary fallen course of the world. They spend their whole earthly existence trying to save, enhance, and enrich their lives. And what happens? We lose the most important things in our life. Intimacy in relationships and our relationship with God and with others. In all of our efforts to preserve our life, we end up losing it. Jesus says those who try to make their life secure will lose it, but those who lose their life will keep it. And so we follow Jesus. Jesus who declares himself to be the good shepherd. And Jesus teaches us that if we are going to find our life, it is by laying our lives down. And Jesus, as the good shepherd, says, I will lay my life down for my sheep. Jesus will lay down his life for us that we might be healed, that we might be restored in relationship to God, but also restored in our relationships with one another. And so I just want to start thinking about Psalm 23 and just getting it right into our lives and into our hearts and our minds because I think it's what we need most. It is a balm on the anxiety and fear of the world. And so much of my life I can start letting go just by saying the very first thing. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And that means that the Lord is the leader of my life. I really like to think that the Lord is the leader of my life, but I don't always behave that way. I don't always trust the way that I know I should trust in God. I don't always lean on him and ask him what way I should go or what is in front of me and how to follow his will and trust in him. And so very simply, the Lord leads. The Lord leads. For him to be our shepherd means that he is the one going before us and with us and he knows what is the very best for each and every one of us. Which is a very challenging thing to say. Do I truly believe right now that the Lord is leading me and knows the very best for me? Does he lead me with the best of intentions? And the psalm will just walk us through that we can trust him to, and to know that he will restore us, he will lead us, he will care for us, he will lead us to green pastures. And so I just simply want to say that the Lord being our shepherd is the reminder that I am in the care of someone else. I'm in the care of someone else. I'm not the one in charge. I've taken my kingdom and I've surrendered it to the kingdom of God. That I'm living the with God life when I say the Lord is my shepherd. And so I just want to just throw out there is Jesus the leader of your life? We're going to come back to really simple things because I think we just need simple right now. 
And I think that if we just have one really important step, it's to say for each of us this reminder that the Lord is my shepherd. I need Him to lead me. I need Him to care for me. I need Him to start healing the hurt that's within me. I need Him to start making sense of these things. I need to trust my life into Him and stop trying to enrich and take care of my own self and trust my life into the loving hands of the shepherd. And I just want to say that you can, you can do that too. You can have the Lord be the leader of your life. And so we'll be spending a lot of time in it. A lot of time in this text. And I want, I want for this text to start healing the arrhythmia of our hearts. I feel like our hearts aren't beating in sync anymore. <laughs> and that there's this tension and there's this problem that needs to be healed. So I think Psalm 23 can start healing the heart arrhythmia, not because it's a magical incanta uh, incantation for self-improvement, because, but because it's a theological affirmation for self-denial and Christ's glory. It's a reminder that I'm in the care of the maker of heaven and earth. I'm not the one in charge. He is. I've been painfully reminded in all the different ways in which I'm not in charge. We all know it's, it's Wendy and then it's God. She's laughing at that, guys. You don't need to worry. There was a doghouse picture on Facebook earlier this week, and I've not experienced that. I'm not the one in charge, then he is. And when I affirm, when we affirm the Lord is our, our shepherd, what does that do for the fear and the anxiety? What does that do for all of the control and the self-focus? What does that do for the anguish in our hearts when we feel like wherever we go and whatever we do, we're just reminded of the hurt within ourselves? But when we take the deep breath and we we let go of things and we say the Lord is leading me and the Lord is with me I'm tired of fighting with God to get my way and say God this is what I think should happen today is the day that I want to say I will seek Christ in his kingdom to let so let's begin where new life always begins and it's in giving our lives and the care of our shepherd. The shepherd wants to lead you. And my heart for you today is to let him. Let him lead you and love you and care for you. Say each day and commit to memory that the Lord is my shepherd. Well, that's how you stretch out one psalm into twenty or into six weeks. We'll just take it one word at a time, maybe. I have it all laid out. Don't worry. There's a, there, is a, there is a plan. But truly, our lives begin with understanding and knowing that Jesus is the good shepherd. And he lays down his life for us. And he cares deeply for you and me. You can trust your life into his care. The first step is to trust and know that the Lord is my shepherd. All right, so all my young people in here, paying attention, hopefully. All right, I want you to listen up. You guys, I'm challenging you 
and I want you to put your parents to the test. I want you to memorize Psalm 23. Do you think you guys can do that? Audrey says no. So I guess you're off the hook. Um, Think about the benefit of knowing as a young person that the Lord is the leader of your life. And reminding yourselves of this, and if this psalm would go with you the rest of your life, I think the, uh, the oldest person in here would say that that's a good idea. Mike, is that a good idea? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's smiling under that mask. Anyways, that if we would have the encouragement of the Scriptures, parents, help your kids with it. Kids, help your parents with it. Remind ourselves again that the Lord is our shepherd. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much, and we, we want to do this challenge not to, uh, not to earn Bible camp points, but that you would minister to our hearts. That you would help us know today and every day and every moment that you're leading us, that you're leading us beside still waters that we have our cup overflowing, that we have peace in you and to know that you are with us. And so God, we, we pray that you would continue to minister to our hearts as we dig into your word and commit it to our minds and our hearts to know that you're the leader of our life. We love you. Please care for us, care for our church family. Help us to love one another and grow together in a God-honoring way. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Have you ever found yourself in a leaderless situation? You all decide, hey, let's go out with friends and let's go out to eat. And then 30 minutes later, you don't know where you're eating, right? And you ask your spouses and they say, I don't care. And it turns out they have an opinion, like they don't want to go to Olive Garden or they, you know, that they do care. And then finally, you know, it's like, okay, we're going here. This is what we're doing. And Psalm 23 is the reminder that we are not outside of a leaderless situation. That there is someone always leading, someone always there to care for and guide us. And I just want to encourage us and to remind us that we are being led by our leader and he is taking us home. He's taking us home to be with him. The Lord is our shepherd and he is leading us to dwell in his house, in his home for the rest of our lives. We can feel leaderless and we can feel like we're wandering and I just want to say that the good shepherd is calling us home. As we come to a time for communion, I just wanted to offer a simple reminder that the Lord is leading us to eternal life and to a dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. David is a good tour guide for us and our soul right now. David's the perfect guy to listen to who has experienced great victory and great sorrow. A man who's experienced incredible success and devastating selfishness. David is the right guy to listen to, not because he's perfect, but because of his brokenness. 
He knows what it is to, tr- to have to trust in God in the midst of sin and sorrow and brokenness. He knows what it is to run for his life. And so as we listen to the psalm and take it to heart, we trust and know that it comes from the heart of a man who knows the brokenness of sin and the comfort of his Lord and his shepherd. So we take a par- uh, part now in the brokenness of Christ. We remember the good shepherd who lays down his life for a sheep. The bread is Christ's body broken for you. And the juice is Christ's blood shed for you. He was broken so that the brokenness in us and the hurt that's within us would be healed. Would you please now partake when you're ready of the Lord's Supper?